Good morning, church. Are you glad to be here this morning? Listen, it's always good to be in God's house, and I know that we have several guests visiting with us today. We say welcome. On behalf of myself and the wonderful family here at Living Water, we, we thank you for being here and we welcome you here today. If you wouldn't mind taking a card that's in the seat back in front of you and fill it out, um, you can drop it in one of the wooden tithe boxes at the back of the church on your way out today. We would greatly appreciate that. We'd love to get to know you better. If you have a prayer request, we'd love to be able to uh, partner with you in prayer. Uh, whatever it is that uh, you're going through, you don't have to go through it alone. And, and so if you have a prayer request or something you'd like to share with us, please feel free to fill that out and uh, drop it, as I said, in one of the tithe boxes um, in the back of the church. So we had an opportunity this week to go on a deacon retreat, uh, 12 of us total. Dave and I were able to accompany the deacons um, in South Fork, Colorado, and it was really nice. Last year I went with them, and I felt like I cheated them because I was in study mode. I'm like, you, you go have fun, and i got to study. i got to get ready to preach on Sunday. And, and so this year they're like, man, let's, let's schedule it so that you don't have to preach as soon as you come home so you can actually enjoy hanging out with the deacons. I, th- I think they felt like they got ignored by their pastor. Um, so it was fun to be able to just just ease up, ride a four-wheeler, and do a little fishing and enjoy our, a lot of great fellowship there this weekend. So thank you for allowing me to be able to do that. Um, that being said, today we have a special guest, uh, Brother Mike and his family here. I'll let him introduce them a little bit more in a moment. But uh, this ministry that he represents today, Gospel for Asia, is the first global mission organization that we supported at Living Water over 15 years ago. We learned about them and, and the thing called the 1040 window and the amount of people that have never heard the name of Jesus um, in that 1040 window. And so we have been sponsoring them for years. And I will let him also share with you through um, our support here what we've been able to partner with them in and doing um, there in Asia. And so it is a great privilege to have him here visiting with us today. And hopefully you'll give him a warm living water welcome um, to the Panhandle of Texas. He's from the Dallas area, so Brother Mike, come on up. Welcome. Uh, as Pastor Shane said, my name is Mike Johnson with the Ministry of Gospel for Asia, or GFA World, and we are very honored to be here. I'm very happy to have my wonderful wife, Jess, and my oldest, Gabrielle, and my youngest, Israel. We have two others, but they're not here with us today, but they came to, to, to join in this sweet fellowship, and so uh, we're, we're grateful to the Lord to be here with you. Uh, as Pastor Shane also mentioned, you guys have been supporting this work for 15 years. Um, what does that mean? Well... That means you guys have partnered with us with a number of missionaries, things like Jesus wells and goats and chickens and other things that are needed there to help proclaim the gospel. Um, With those 15 years, though, you guys have given over $40,000 towards this work. Uh, That's, let's be, give yourself a round of applause. That's awesome. Now, what does that look like? It's, It's hard to equate, you know, dollars or items to souls, but... When we look at the numbers on average, what you guys have given towards is actually well over 10,000 people coming to know the Lord Jesus for the first time. So if you can imagine as you exit here and you go out and you see 10,000 people in the parking lot, and they're there waiting to say, hey, thank you. Thank you for doing what you did, sacrificing what you had to sacrifice, praying me into the kingdom. I'm here because of you. That's not just a fictitious thing, that's reality. Yes, you don't get to meet them this side of eternity most likely, but you will meet them. And you will be partakers together with them in this great inheritance of the saints who are in the light. So, before I go too much further, I do like to kind of gauge the 
the, kind of the biblical knowledge in the room and just feel things out. So I got to have a couple brave people just to answer these questions. Does anybody here know the number one and number two financiers in all of scripture? And take a guess at it. Number one and number two financiers. David, one. One other brave soul? Want to take a stab at it? Okay, I'll just go give it to you. Number one was Noah. He was liquidate. He, he was he was floating stock while all others were in liquidation. Okay, number two. That was number two was uh, Pharaoh's daughter. Kind of a surprise there because she just went down to the, the Nile and drew out a little profit. Yeah, dad jokes for days, man. Love them. So. Uh, my wife and I have been part of the work, our family has been part of this work now. Come Labor Day will be 20 years we've been partnering together with this ministry, and we count it a great, great privilege. We're uh, originally from central Iowa, but we've been native to Texas here for uh, a good chunk of that time, so we kind of consider ourselves natives. I don't know if everybody else does, but we do. And this work is special to us for a number of reasons. These brothers and sisters you saw on that, that video, they're my heroes. And the reason they're my heroes is their passion and their devotion to know the Lord Jesus. I've had the, 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 the um, chance numerous times to go visit them on the field. And by the way, where, where we're located, uh, probably 85% of the lion's share of our work is in India. But we're also in places like Sri Lanka, Nepal, Myanmar, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, uh, and in Pakistan. In fact, we're the only organization I'm aware of on planet Earth that actually has a Bible college in Pakistan. And we just started about seven months ago our work in Rwanda, Africa. So that's why you'll notice the name change to GFA World instead of Gospel for Asia. So we um, have started a Bible college and medical college and a hospital there. Uh, so we do hundreds of different things, but it's all laser beam focused to plant and establish a local church where the name of Jesus is not yet known. So um, that being said, the name of Jesus, we consider that precious, don't we? Holy awesome. In fact, I would say everybody in here has some degree of going, I'm putting all my trust in that name. I hope you are anyhow. Well, that name is left off the minds and the lips of billions. The conservative number is two billion people on planet Earth have never once heard the name of Jesus. Let that sink in for a moment. Two billion people. Well, guess what? That's the conservative number. The more accurate number is around 3.1 to 3.2 billion people never once heard the name of Jesus. Now, I, I actually like both Coke and Pepsi. I don't really get into that Coke-Pepsi war, but you take Coca-Cola and you go to pretty much any village on planet Earth, you hold up that can of Coca-Cola and they'll go, oh, Coca-Cola. They get it. They've seen it. They understand it. I, I, I would make an easy challenge, go anywhere in the world, you're going to find that they know of Coca-Cola. The name of Coca-Cola has made its name go to the uttermost parts of the world. It's a sugary soft drink. And we as a church have not lived with a sense of urgency for the gospel enough to carry that same thing that has so much more value to the other person. I'm not here to make you feel guilty or sad or anything, but I just want you to, to be aware that going, there is still multitudes, multitudes 
that are waiting to hear for the first time. The gospel is only good news to those who hear it in time, by the way. We believe scripture to be accurate and true, don't we? Inerrant, infallible, inspired. God's holy word. There's the reality of hell. We don't like to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. But those who leave this world, apart from the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, knowing him and having hope, they enter into a Christless eternity. And I want to, I didn't share this in first service, but I want to put in a perspective just one country, India. If you were to go, what's the daily death rate on planet Earth? It's roughly around 160 to 170,000 people on planet Earth uh, that, that pass away every day. Between 50 to 60,000 of those come from one country, India. Think about that. It's roughly every time your heart beats, you could just feel your pulse. About every time your heart's beating, someone's perishing. Statistically speaking, most of them enter into an eternity without hope forever. Now, when I first was saved, that was a question that invaded my mind, going, what's the first moments like when I leave this earth as a believer? Well, it's going to be joy, and the finality will be overwhelming. All sorts of things will be going through my mind. But I tried to put myself in the place of an unbeliever, someone who's never put their trust and their hope in Jesus. And all of a sudden, panic came over me. I've been rejected before. I think we've all tasted rejection at some level, right? But can you imagine just being rejected by the one who made you, who loves you, who desires you to be with him, but instead he has to turn and say, be gone from me, I never knew you. That's the fate of many. So the reality is we're not going to reach them all. We as the church are not going to reach every single person on planet Earth in time. I can illustrate that. There's a Hindu festival called the Maha Kumbha Mela. Um, the Kumbha Mela festival is the largest single gathering on the planet. Um, during, it's hold, held every four years, but on a 12th year cycle of that four years, they have the Maha Kumbha Mela, the, the big daddy one. That's between 40 to 60 million people descend on the headwaters of the Ganges River. And so this would be similar to what Mecca is to Islam, okay? But this is even more people. And as they go, these are the radical of radicals. So our, our pastors, they don't go directly into the festivities because that's like suicide. You, you go in there trying to hand out gospel tracts and share the gospel, you're going to die. But they go on the outskirts, and as people are coming to and fro on the buses and things like that, they're out evangelizing like crazy. And we're seeing people come to know him all over the place. But this particular festival, there was a pastor named Pastor Vargas, and he was on the outskirts down the riverbank. He saw a woman beside the river. She was weeping and wailing, just uncontrollable. And in this culture, men don't just approach women. It's kind of taboo. And so as he approached her, he said, woman, what's wrong? And she was able to compose herself, and she turned around to him. She goes, I, I just threw my six-month-old son into the river. And he said, woman, why would you do that? And she goes, well, our house is a wreck. She goes, my husband has tuberculosis. He's been out of work for months and months and months. And we've given everything. We've, we've, we've sacrificed everything we have, and still nothing has changed. So I gave the goddess Ganges the best gift I knew how. I gave, him, gave the goddess Ganges my son in hopes that they would find forgiveness of sin. 
And he was able to explain to her there that the sacrifice was already made right on that riverbank. That the Lord Jesus Christ made the sacrifice for her. And she looked at him after kind of internalizing that. She said, sir, why hadn't you been here 30 minutes sooner? I wouldn't have had to murder my son. And so for some, we're going to be 30 minutes too late. So I'm an hour, a day, a month, a year. I'm, I know it sounds discouraging, but the reality is we are reaching many. And each single person is precious in the sight of the Lord. I, I actually do this spiritual exercise when I'm at airports especially, and people are walking by and it kind of looks like a sea of humanity. And I just look at individuals and I go, precious in the sight of the Lord. I don't know if they know the Lord or not, but they're still precious to him. He made them. And that trains my heart and my mind to realize that every single person has intrinsic, inherent value in the sight of God. So if you would with, um, turn to 2 Chronicles 16.9 with me, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. 2 Chronicles 16.9. This states, for the eyes of the Lord search the earth to and fro to show himself strong and mighty in behalf of those whose hearts are perfect, or some translations say loyal to him. Well, in layman's terms, what does that mean? That means God right now, because it's the perfect tense passage, he is right now scanning the earth. He's looking through the whole earth going, who cares about what I care about? Who is loyal to me? Who shares my burdens? We all want to be used of God. We have been used of God at different times in our lives. When you've spoken something to a friend or a family member, maybe during like a death or just some instance, and it was just that right word at the right time to encourage them, to strengthen them, it felt good, didn't it? Scripture says that's like apples of gold and settings of silver a word aptly spoken, just you know, the right word at the right time. But there's other ways you've been used by God, where God has used your life for the positive impact of others. And that feels satisfying, doesn't it? Well, what's the scripture saying here? We can have that every day. In fact, every moment, we can always go, Lord, what, what, what burdens you? We wake up in the morning, Lord, what, what stirs up your heart? If it stirs you up, stir me up. Lord, if it makes you happy, make me happy about that. If it makes you sad, I want to be sad about that. If it makes you angry, I also want to be angry about that. God, let me partake with you in this divine inheritance of the saints who are in the light. That's you, that's me. We get to be partakers of this divine inheritance. So, again, as a ministry, what, what do we do? Well, we plant and establish churches where there are no. We do hundreds of different things, things from like Jesus Wells, literacy classes, slum ministry. We have uh, women's fellowships. I think we have 9,000 plus women's fellowships. And that's mostly teaching women how to read, but also how to, these are first generation Christians, how to be a Christian wife, mother, or a woman. Uh, there, These women's fellowships are huge for the, the work and the growth of the, of the church. Um, all these things we do, with the end goal in mind, to see Christ known where he's not yet known, to see his church established. You have been a part of that. And I would encourage you to be a part further, to be in prayer for this work that you're part of. Yes, you're in West Texas, but you're impacting nations that people, again, you likely aren't going to meet this side of eternity, but someday you will. Just as 
faithful as the sun is to rise, you and I are going to go be with the Lord and with all the other saints throughout all the course of time. And you're going to get to know them. And there are going to be people approaching you going, hey, let, let me share with you how God connected our lives together. And because of the faithfulness that you gave, I'm here. That's exciting. That's worth giving our lives for. So I, I also failed to mention something. I, I really want you guys to see the reality of how special you are. Yes, in the sight of the Lord, but also in being a mighty minority. So if you were to break the world up into three parts, world A, world B, and world C. World A is the, the 1040 window, that the, the latitude and longitude of the most unreached people on planet Earth. It's basically gospel desolate. If the pe you know, people I just described to you that they've never heard, that's world A. World B would be places like Sub-Saharan Africa, Haiti, you could even argue Europe, where there's some gospel presence, but it's hard ground. And then world C would be us here. You don't have to go too far to find a church if you're looking, right? Christian radio, TV, you can find it. You'll see signs of Christianity pretty much everywhere. Yes, I'm, I, I know that everybody here is Christian in, 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 in your community. But if you were to take all missions dollars across all denominational lines, guess how much World A receives? 0.01%. One-tenth of 1% goes to reach the greatest need. You guys are part of that 0.01%, by the way. That's why it's distinctly my honor to be here to say thank you. Awesome. Praise God. World B gets about 8.9%, and you, you guessed it. World C gets the remaining lion's share. Now, I come from a premise. I think World C needs more funds. World B definitely needs more funds. And World A, without question, needs more funds and prayer. But you guys have already been huge partakers in that. Our heart for you in this is to where you're at, what you're doing, to be greater involved in the work of God. Missions is quite simple. Where you see God working, get involved. Would you be fair to say God's working here? Yeah? I, th I think he is. I think God has greater things he wants to do. And one of those things, I look at an example as the Mormons. Okay? Now, doctrinally, no way. But you look at them, they're some of the most moral people on planet Earth, family-centered, living good lives. And they're going door to door, finding out what the needs are in the community. They're praying for people. And their churches have been growing. Even through COVID, their churches were growing. I think we could learn from them to go, huh, what does that mean to go door to door? You saw the video. The, those brothers, they weren't sitting idle. You know, are, just a simple question. Are we, are we called to be active or passive? Active. So are we waiting for Pastor Shane and Pastor David to, to go and reach Canyon and the surrounding area for Christ? No, no. They have their part in it, of course, chiefly to, to shepherd here and ensure that your walk with the Lord is genuine and solid as God gives him grace to do. But your part in this, very much, you hold a responsibility for this area that God has placed you for this time and this season. And that means, well, get to know your neighbors. Easy, easy, very practical way to do it. Is go, and now, granted, if they're on a ranch, don't get yourself shot. But, you know, where it's appropriate, go in and ask your neighbors, hey, how can I pray for you? Or you meet someone that you know at Walmart you don't normally talk to. 
Just say, hey, how's it going? How can I pray for you? You don't know how infrequently that happens, especially if you stop and you pray right there. That will change people. That will change people. You will be that apples of gold in settings of silver. God will give you the right words at the right time to make a positive impact in that person's life and to draw them close to him. You are his hands, his feet. He doesn't have another device. I mean, the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit working through you. You are plan A. And the church is plan A. He didn't give us a plan B like, well, if the church fails, we'll go to plan B. There is no plan B. Okay? So uh, a couple practical resources we have to, to, to give you guys before I have a, a short video shown. Um, this book right here flipped my world, my family's world around called Revolution World Missions. Many of you may have it already, but if not, we have copies in the back table. It's absolutely free. Uh, just grab it, fill out a card, uh, and be blessed. Read this book. It is not all about missions, but it's God's heart for reaching a lost and dying world and how the church has and hasn't responded to that. Um, the other is, um, as you saw there, we have missionary profiles there. If you do decide you want to uh, support a, a missionary individually, I encourage you, it's not just about the finances. Get this, put this missionary on your, your fridge and pray for them daily. You're a partner with them in ministry, and someday you'll meet them and those that they led to the Lord. Um, best thing I could ever hope to be was to be a part of this and myself supporting these missionaries. Um, the video you're about to see is called our Ministry Apprenticeship Program. That's for anybody 18 years and older that are single, who have a heart that want to serve the Lord, but just don't know how to enter into missions work. Now, one of the hardest things on the planet to do is to become a full-time missionary. Um, if you look at like the Southern Baptist Movement, IMB missionaries, most of them takes two to three years. It took us, believe it or not, seven years to come online as missionaries. That's way too slow. Seven years is way too slow to have people to come online as missionaries. Well, this has basically taken all the barriers out. We invited, we have a beautiful 700-acre campus. You'll see the video. We provide the housing. We provide uh, utilities and internet uh, and even a stipend for, for those individuals that commit to six um, months of their lives. Now, it's not a contract. If you get there after two weeks, you're going, uh, this is weird. This is not for me. Fine, no problem. But to the best of your ability, if God's calling you, Pray about it and think about it. So if you can play this video and then we'll close shortly after that. I am super excited that GFA World is starting this apprenticeship program. This is six months long for Christian singles, 18 and up, who want to serve the Lord and know Him more. So each person who serves at GFA World, behind the scenes here in Texas, represents 200 missionaries on the field, both in Asia and Africa. So when you serve here, you're representing these missionaries who are going out every single day and changing lives for eternity. One of the really unique aspects of this apprenticeship is that it's not just about you coming to serve and to work in the office and to experience ministry life, which is awesome, but you are invested in, and we as a community want to invest in you and help you come to know the Lord more. GFA World's headquarters is located in East Texas, about an hour east of Dallas. And for those who are part of this apprenticeship program, we have housing available for you where you will live right alongside as neighbors to our staff, walking distance from the office where you'll be serving each day. You will have your housing provided for, your utilities will be provided for, you'll just need to bring a vehicle. 
There will be a monthly stipend that we give you so that you can take care of your groceries and your living needs. And while you're here, you're going to learn so much about global missions. You're gonna learn the names of unreached people groups that you can be praying for. You're gonna learn about what's happening in these remote and closed countries that you otherwise aren't going to hear much about. So you're going to be taking part in interceding for them, in praying for them. And who knows, maybe the Lord is gonna send you to one of those one day, but this is where it's all going to start. Every day from 8.30 to 5.30 throughout the week, we'll be in the office serving as behind the scene missionaries. And then three times a day, all of the staff gather together for prayer and for intercession for one another and for the mission field needs. And throughout the week, we have a Tuesday night prayer meeting, which is two hours long, where we come and we pray more for the needs around the world. So this whole thing is just all live, work, and worship. It all comes together and combines in one awesome experience. The thing that's really cool and that I have experienced here is like I came to GFA World kind of for me because I wanted to grow in my walk with the Lord. I wanted to know Him more and learn to hear His voice. And while that was happening and while I was being invested in by all of these people in this community, I was also able to use my time to be impacting lives on the other side of the globe. So I was being invested in and lives are being changed on the other world. And I think that that's just a really unique experience. All distractions have been removed. Your bills are covered, your housing is covered. Everything is taken care of, but we want you to be fully here to see what the Lord wants to teach you and how he wants to use you. So if you're finding your heart is beating a little faster and this little video has grabbed your attention in some way, this is where it's gonna start for you. At the very least, we'll keep you caffeinated while you're there. If you saw that, I was like, man, we do drink a lot of coffee. So um, my oldest daughter, Gabby, is going to be part of the first group. They'll be starting September 15th. Um, and so invite anybody that has interests, 18 or older, 18 to 80, we, we say. Um, we're just hoping that someone here going, man, I think God's calling me to impact the nations in a maybe a more direct way. But the information is in the back table here. It has the... Uh, this little brochure tells all about it, um, and yeah, you can learn learn more about this this program. And so we'd be happy to talk with you. And again, my sincere thank you on behalf of those brothers and sisters you've stood behind faithfully for 15 plus years. They can't come here to say thank you, but I'm saying thank you on their behalf. Grateful to God for you guys. May the Lord bless you and keep you. In His name. Man, let's give him a hand. Thank you so much. I want to say thank you for your time today as you gather for worship and just to hear what God has to say through whoever it is that speaks from week to week. I love getting to hear what's going on in the mission field. Sometimes we live in a bubble and we don't get to see what's happening. And then many of you may not even know that when we first started Living Water years ago, we prayed about missions. Like, how are we going to approach missions? And I was in churches before that would say, hey, we got a missionary over here. If I can get 10 people to commit to $5 a month, we'll give them 50 or whatever you know, approach we took. And when we started Living Water, we decided, Hey, we want to we want to do it differently than what we've done before, and so uh, we'll take ten percent of all the undesignated funds that come through the doors of Living Water, and we will put that toward missions. And we ask people to tithe and trust God with tithe. So let's do that principle in missions. And what we've been able to do because of that is we've been able to do a ton of really cool missions work. So missionary calls and said, "Hey, I had a van and it crashed on me. I need an engine." We've been able to meet that need that way. Uh, we've we've raised money for Jesus Wells uh, in that video, which is really cool. We've done Christmas 
Christmas projects where we've supplied uh, some of the poorest in that 1040 window with cows, with chickens, just things to sustain them and their family, to even provide income. And so uh, on behalf of Living Water, thank you for your financial support because it enables us to support a lot of different ministries, local and abroad. So thank you so much. And thank you for your time and allowing Brother Mike to share uh, with each one of us. And here's how I know how God works, because uh, I've been in that, that, that spot before. I remember gripping the, the back of a pew when God was working on my heart. And uh, so I don't know how he's speaking to you today through Mike's testimony, but here's what I know. God is always waiting on the other side of our obedience. What I mean by that is he calls us to take a step of faith, whether it's trusting in him for salvation, whether it's, hey, maybe this is for me, and I feel like God's calling me to missions, but I don't know where to start. All I know is uh, where the finger of God points, the hand of God provides the way, and he's always waiting on the other side of us, taking that step of faith and obedience. And so whatever your response may be today, if you'd like to know more uh, about that mission or that opportunity, the six-month thing, man, talk to Brother Mike after we dismiss. Grab one of the brochures. Uh, You'd like to support uh, GFA. We already do as a church, but if you, hey, I want to do this on my own, um, feel free to talk to them at the back, grab a book. Uh, but most importantly, hey, just keep being the light. Keep being the, the shining light in the community. There are people that you will connect with that I'll never meet. Amen? And so there is a sense of urgency for each one of us to realize that we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And so I pray that you leave with that blessing. Stand and we'll pray to be dismissed this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your love and for your grace. God, it's so awesome to see what you're doing across the globe. Sometimes we put our blinders on and we're only focused on what's going on in my family, my city, my church, my school. And Lord, it's just awesome to see your work. I was thinking of the little song we used to sing, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Lord, you love the whole world enough that you were willing to give the ultimate sacrifice of your son so that we could be um, eternally with you. And I thank you for that hope that we have. I pray that if there be anyone here today that's not taken that step of faith, that today would be the day that they would trust in you for salvation. Lord, as you move in our hearts, as we consider what it is that you're calling us to do, maybe it's just making that first step of opening up a conversation with a coworker. Uh, maybe it's at, um, at the grocery store, as, as Mike mentioned. Maybe you just want us to say, hey, how can I pray for you today? And that's so weird in our culture today, but God is so powerful. When this world that's hurting and broken Here's somebody that genuinely cares and has concern for them. And so, God, would you just allow us to take a step of obedience? And look for others that might be uh, challenged to take a step and to get out of their comfort zone of Canyon, Texas, and uh, to go uh, just be poured into and to serve behind the scenes and to be a part of something greater. If that's what you're calling to them, them to do, I pray that you give them the ability to take that step of faith today. Lord, you're the one that's in control. We trust you, and we just ask that you be honored and glorified in our lives. Lord, today and as we leave this place in our workplaces and our schools and all the contexts of our life, that you'd be honored and you'd be glorified today. And we thank you for it. Please, Lord, go with us now as we leave this place and help us to be mindful of you, to keep our eyes, uh, Lord, focused on you um, as we encounter a culture that desperately needs you. And we ask it humbly in Jesus' name. Amen.